one night we wake up in a prison. We look around and we wonder, how did I even end up here? And then all the other thoughts start rushing in of, well, you know, did, did God leave me? Did he forsake me? Does he not care about me anymore? What am I doing here? Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 found themselves one night in a prison. But instead of what the flesh wants to do, and that is wonder about God's abandonment, they understood, they knew their father. They knew that God's will for them was good because they were seeking God's will. And so instead of complaining, what they did was sing and they worship. And as they're singing and worshiping, it says suddenly there was an earthquake. Suddenly the foundations of this prison was rattled and every prison gate was opened and the captives were set free. But then there was a prison guard there. But as he witnessed all this happen, he was struck with a fear. Just look at this. He says in Acts 16, 27, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. There's a word from the Lord in this story for you that I want you to see. You see, when you look on the surface, you see, okay, well, there's Paul and and there's a prison guard. The guard is guarding Paul. Paul isn't the one in prison. But the reality is actually much different. The reality was actually that Paul was free and the prison guard was being held captive in a prison. You see, suicidal thoughts, the idea to kill yourself was something that doesn't just spring up in a day, in an hour, in a minute into one's mind. It's something that is considered over a long period of time. This was something that this prison guard was held captive in. I mean, think about the love of the father here. While Paul is out doing ministry, right, going from town to town and setting the captives free, here is a prison guard somewhere deep in a prison guarding prisoners. And he's got bondages. He is imprisoned spiritually. And the father sees him. And the father sets it up that Paul would get captured and locked away into a cell that this prison guard guarding. Paul was being locked up so that this prison guard could be reached with the gospel. You see, whenever you get locked up into a prison, it's easy to want to go and ask God why, why, why and complain. There are many reasons that that can be. That's actually for the glorification of God. It could be that the father is desiring to refine you and he desires to to this, have this trial grow you spiritually in a way that you can be used mightily in the future to set others free. It could be that he desires for you to learn compassion and yet are then able to relate with those who suffer. It could be that he simply wants you to meet someone in the midst of your trial so that you can get them the gospel. You see, Paul was sent to prison to find a prisoner who was his guard. And so when we say to the Lord, God, here I am, 
send me. That's a prayer that really we must mean for what it means. It says, here I am. I'm available. Send me wherever you want me to go and I will do your will. I will do your work. And and that can be a prison, a workplace here, a workplace there. It can it can look very different depending on where the father, what the father has for you that day. Let's see. The key is for us to understand the difference between spiritual imprisonment and our physical trials. You can be spiritually free, not imprisoned, not held captive spiritually, but physically still we will face trials in the world. And that's what Yeshua promised. He said in this world, you will have many trials. See, he did not save you from the physical trials in this world. He saved you to be spiritually free from your captivity. But now look at what happens in these next few verses to this prison guard. It says in verse 29, the jailer called for lights and he rushed in. He trembled with fear. He fell down before Paul and he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they say, believe the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. You and your household. They spoke to the word to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized, he and his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced with his whole household that he had believed in God. This prison guard was on the brink of committing suicide. And yet a few verses later, it says that he is rejoicing and that he has now believed in God. How can it be? You see, it said earlier that it was immediately that all the prison doors opened as they were worshiping. You see, just as fast as those prison doors opened, as Paul was worshiping God and praying to the Lord, just as fast this prison guards prison doors opened when he opened his heart to the father. This is the power of the gospel. But see, Paul was willing to worship the Lord in his trial. And that was the very thing. Think about this. That was the very thing that meant deliverance to someone else. So when you face trial, will you worship the Lord? Will you praise him for the opportunities that the the father wants to form through this trial that you are facing in your life? Or will you complain, point fingers, be angry? What is the path that you will choose? Because see, ultimately, you need to remember that how you feel, right, is not what this what our life is about. Like we go through times of trial, but Yeshua, Jesus, he did not. There were times in his life where he did not have a place to lay his head. That's called being homeless. But yet, how was his spiritual state through it all? Was he suicidal? Was he constantly depressed? Remember, brothers and sisters, what is our life mission? We live just like the disciples who lived and died for the gospel. Our life is to be a life of living and dying for the gospel. We breathe the gospel. Our life mission is the gospel. I have asked the Father before. I'm like, God, like if if I'm not here in this world to to do the Great Commission, to reach 
people with the good news for them to get saved, then what is the point of my me even breathing and living here? Like there's no point. There is no reason for me to even have hope of life, of breath in me. If it's just for myself to be saved. No, the father saved me. He set me free so that others can be set free. Would you believe with me that the father can use our trial to do what he did for this prison guard, for his whole household to get baptized and saved? What if he wants to do that with to a prison guard near you? The question just is, will you be worshiping even in your trial? Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to this, who is facing a trial today. Lord, we have many things that your people are facing, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are with us, that you provide, that you free us from our slaveries. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you saved us from suicidal thoughts and depression, anxiety and fear. You have said, Father, that you do not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. And I proclaim, Lord, let your people have power of the Holy Spirit, the love of Christ and the sound mind of the Father. Lord, give us your sound mind, your love, your power of the Spirit. Help us through our trial. Help us with hope for the gospel to go forth and give us your guidance, Lord, on how you want us to respond to the trial in front of us. I pray for supernatural guidance for everyone, Lord, facing a trial and who are losing sleep in the night. Lord, I thank you for your comforter, your Holy Spirit to come upon them in the name of Yeshua. May the Father bless you, keep you, may shine his face upon you, lift up his countenance upon you, give you and your household his shalom. I want to say a special thank you to our partners who have made this teaching possible and every other teaching possible that we have been putting out this month.